Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your
I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. I look, I know it's gloomy outside, all right? Two days ago, we had all this sunshine and warmth, and now it's going to snow this afternoon. I know it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, all right? But God is still good. He's still got a word for us today, and he wants to speak into our lives. Are you excited to be at God's house this morning? Yes. Oh, I am glad that you're here. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside, and uh, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us uh, today. If you'd like to know more about our church, I want to encourage you to stop out. We've got a table in our foyer with free gifts. One of our leaders will be at that table at the end of service. Uh, we'd love to put some, some resources into your hands at the end of service. We'll also have an opportunity to give at the end of service. You can give in our box in the foyer. You can always give online. A couple of things that we want to make mention of this morning. Uh, next weekend, we'll be very busy around here at Hillside. Uh, we have a celebration of life service for Michelle Malarney on Saturday. Uh, May 6th, visitation at noon, service at 1. And then on Sunday, we have a celebration of life service for Phil Fader. Uh, so that would be May 7th, visitations at 2 and services at 3. And we could use some help. Uh, if there are some people that are willing to help us with serving uh, downstairs and clean up and just keeping things moving, uh, that would be phenomenal. So we're looking for uh, five or six people for each day. And I would love for them to be different people. Uh, for Saturday and Sunday. That would be phenomenal if you're willing to help us. So you can see her. I have some other opportunities that we're uh, on Saturday, May 20th, which I know seems far off, but it won't be. It'll be here before we know it. We're going to have a church work day from 8 a.m. to noon. We've got indoor, outdoor projects. There is a lot that needs to be done. Uh, and so bring your trucks, bring your trailers, bring your lawn equipment, vacuum cleaners, all that. Please do not bring any chemicals, because sometimes you bring something from home that you really like, and we're using something else here, and those two things don't get along well. Uh, so we will provide those things, but if you can come uh, and be a body and be willing to help us that day, we have a lot of projects that we'd like to get done on May 20th. Uh, and then Sunday, May 21st, we have an in-depth training for our lawn team. Uh, so if you've signed up to help with the lawn, our mower is here. Uh, Jeff is going to be running a, an in-depth safety course for mower. Uh, he's done a great job. I, look, if I can mow, anyone can mow. Uh, so I did it Friday. We only had one casualty. We lost one T-post. Uh, so, hey, that's pretty good. I didn't shoot anybody, all right? So we're all right. Uh, so we'll have that training on May 21st. I've got one other announcement that I'll make in my message today. I also have a couple things that I needed to pass along to you. Uh, we want to thank the Lord uh, for yesterday because some people and generosity uh, for our missions team that's headed to Nicaragua, they were able to raise $550 yesterday at the Brat Fry. Uh, those guys were working hard. Uh, so our team is getting ready to go to Nicaragua 
uh, and that's exciting. So we'll have more about that in the weeks to come. Uh, also, I received word uh, late last night that uh, Colton Bowman, Bowman, and I may get this wrong, I apologize, uh, used to attend church here. It was before my time, but he passed away yesterday. Some of you may have known him. If you'd like more information about services, I can get that for you at the end of our worship experience today. Uh, let's pray, and then we're going to go into worship. Are you ready to worship this morning? Okay, well, two people are. Are you ready to worship this morning? All right, let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. I hear some kids. They're ready. They're excited. Let's stand to our feet this morning. God's going to move in this place today. He wants to speak to us. The title of my message is Let's Get Dangerous, because I believe God is calling us to be a dangerous church in a good way, and we'll talk about that. Lord, we pray this morning, God, we ask you to come and visit us in this house. Lord, I believe for many in this place, it's been a trying week, a hard week. Lord, I know that the enemy has not wanted them to be here or to hear this message today. But Lord, we push back against the enemy. That Lord, this is your hour and we put you center stage. Lord, we lay down the things that have been burdens throughout the week, the problems that we've had, the issues that we're working through, to focus solely on you in this moment. Lord, would you come and visit with your people? Lord, speak to our hearts and minds. May your spirit flow over this place and bring healing and wellness and correction and direction. Lord, we love you. And we're here this morning, not out of obligation, not out of religion, but because we want to go deeper places with you. We want our lives to be changed by our relationship with you. So Jesus, we call upon you. Would you release your spirit in your house today that, God, we might be the people that you are calling us to be. Lord, we pray for those who are going through hardships, those who have had losses in their life lately. Lord, I'm so thrilled that next weekend, while it's difficult because we're we're talking about someone passing away. There's a mourning. There's a loss. But Lord, we're celebrating because both these individuals knew the King of kings and Lord of lords. Today they sit in your glory in heaven, and that is to be celebrated. Lord, while it might be gloomy outside, the rain won't last forever. The sun will shine again. So, Lord, may your spirit shine in this place today. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said... Lion of the tribe. He is my challenge today is let that lion out. Worship the Lord today. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you as you give the Lord your worship. Let's sing this song, Lion. God of Jacob. God of Jacob. Great I am. many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, make your glory known. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar, hail, hail, lion of 
Prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, O valley, be raised up, O mountain, be made low, O valley, be raised up, O mountain, be made low. give us victory. God, we claim that victory this morning. Whatever we face this week, God, we surrender it to you. And we raise our voice and we worship you. We worship you in faith today. Glory to your name.
sing that again with me because of who you are because of who you are i give you glory because of who you are i give you praise oh it's because of who you are because of who you are i Because of who you are, Lord, I worship you. Because of who you are, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah Shalom, my Prince of Peace, and I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. We're just going to play this verse on our own just want you to continue to worship the Lord on your own. Just offer him up your praise as we play it. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign in victory, Jehovah Shalom, my Prince of Peace, and I worship you because of who you of who you are Lord I worship you because of who you are Lord I worship you Oh I give you thanks Lord I exalt your name
we give you praise this morning. God, I believe that you want to speak to us this morning. You want to assure us of the call of this church. Lord, you are working and stirring and moving, and we've come a long ways. We've climbed mountains and we've gone down valleys, but there are still more mountains to climb on the horizon. But Lord, you are not done. Lord, you will see your work to completion. Lord, I believe everybody in this place has promises from you this morning that, Lord, you are going to work in their life. Lord, help us to allow you to do that, to convict us of our sin, to show us where we're falling short, the things that we need to work on. Lord, also remind us that we are loved and encouraged by an almighty God, empowered by you and your spirit and your word. Lord, help us to be a fruitful people. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Man, you can be seated this morning, and at this time, we are going to dismiss our kids to Kids Church. So, don't tell anybody. Spoiler alert, we're going to pray at the end of church. So, don't tell anybody. Um, Wow, I'm I'm excited to preach this morning. I've also felt the weight uh, of just the enemy not happy about us talking about this today. Um, But that's okay, because he can sit in the back seat. He's not driving the car. When I was growing up, uh, late 1980s, early 1990s, there was a cartoon that we watched, and its tagline was, Let's Get Dangerous. And as I was putting this message together, I was like, that that phrase, and just it kept going through my head, let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous for the kingdom of God. Now, I want to just kind of leave this disclaimer right at the beginning. Okay, Uh, it's important that you do not just take this message by itself and start applying it. All right, we have been working through something. God has been speaking to us the last several weeks, and I'm going to recap some of that today. You kind of have to put all these pieces together for it to work properly. All right, because if you don't do that, you're going to have some problems really, really quick. And we'll get into some of those issues a little bit later on this morning. So. Let's recap a little bit. Last two weeks, we've been talking about legacy. Today, we're going to continue along that theme as we get back into Acts. We talked about three lessons in legacy building. Number one, live in the moment with your eye on the horizon. And it's important for us to get our past, present, and future and the way we're meant to live with that correct. The past, we are meant to learn from. We're not meant to stay there. We're not meant to stay in the glory days, and we're not meant to stay thinking about all the things that maybe we're ashamed of or our failures. We're to learn from our past, be inspired by our past, but live in the present. We want to live in the moment. God's called us specifically for this moment. I know some of you are already thinking about where you're going to go to lunch after service today. How long is pastor going to preach? Are we getting out of here at 11 or 11.30? What's the plan? Because that's going to dictate how we do things as a family. We've got to live in the moment. Don't miss God in the moment. And some of us feel like we're stuck in the moment, like things aren't going well, and we think it's never going to change. We're to live in the moment. Learn from our past, but also have an eye on the horizon because there are good things still to come. 
And if you know Christ today, you have a relationship with him, the best is yet to come. All right? Heaven is going to be amazing. So on the horizon is heaven for each and every one of us. But there's also the ability for Jesus to change your circumstances and situations you're in today. We talked about lesson number two, to put in the effort that, yes, victory can come tomorrow, but we've got to put effort in today to see victory tomorrow. We've got to do our part in what God has called us to do. We've got to pound the ground. And we learned that lesson from Elisha and the king as Elisha was dying. He told him, take those arrows and pound the ground. He only pounded three times. He said, hey, look, you're only going to have limited victory. You're only going to have victory to the level that you're willing to put in the effort in your life. So let's put in some effort. And lesson number three, if we're going to put effort into things, may it be into our character, our integrity, our honor, our compassion, and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things are vital for us to get as a priority. They are absolutely vital if we are to become a dangerous church, to prioritize the development of these things in our life. A few weeks ago, we were in Acts chapter 6. We'll continue in 6. We're going to take a wide expanse of Scripture today because I'm going to cover Acts 6, Acts 7, and the beginning of 8. I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but we're covering a wide span of Scripture today. In Acts 6, uh, that had collected, and so some to serve. He was one of the men called. We know that he was a man full of the Spirit, of wisdom, and a man who was full of character, integrity, honor, compassion, and those fruits of the Spirit. And that's where we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 6, verse 8. Now Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. See, guys, if you can get the fruit of the Spirit and the character of Christ, if we work at developing that, it frees up God to move through us in His power. But when we try to operate in the gifts of the Spirit without those things, that's not dangerous. You're dumb. Because <laughs> you are going to goof people's lives up very quickly. You're not dangerous for the kingdom. You're dangerous for, for, for being an obstacle to the kingdom. And that's not what we want. So we must be grounded in the fruits of the Spirit and in the character of Christ. Verse 9. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the free, freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of uh, Celsia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. See, the great thing about having a relationship with the Spirit, he'll give you the words to say when you need them. Verse 11, then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. See, people that are against you, they can't work on the truth. When they're against God, they can't work in the truth, so they operate in falsehood and lies and half-truths. Verse 12, so they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers. Yeah, stirred up. You know, we don't want to be a people that stir up trouble. We want to stir up freedom, love, grace, and mercy. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. 
They produced false witnesses who testified, this, this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the custom of Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like that of an angel. Verse 7, then the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? For 53 verses, Stephen, under the influence of the Spirit, begins to speak and begins to share the truth of the gospel and bring correction to the ways of thinking that are not proper. And this was the reaction in verse 54. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, who would become very important in the near future. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Beginning of Acts chapter 8, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women of God. The concept of submission. So let's talk about the importance of submission. It's a word that our culture right now despises. They don't want to submit to anything or anyone. In fact, it's funny, they don't want to submit to anything, but everybody wants you to submit to them. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I think that maybe we need to have an in-depth cultural talk about the word submission. The scripture says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. How is that possible? It's possible because he had a heart submitted to God. James 4, 7, Submit therefore to God. Stephen was chosen by God, not because of his talent. He was chosen because of his heart. We're, we're right now, we're in the NFL draft. Anybody been watching the NFL draft? One of my jackrabbits got picked up. Hoorah! I like those South Dakota boys. They get, you get drafted in the NFL because of your talent. But when God comes and drafts you, it's not because of your talent. He drafts you because of your heart and the potential of a heart. When Israel needed a king, it wasn't David's talent that God was looking for. He looked for a man who was after his heart. God's looking for men and women who have a heart after him. A person whose heart is submitted to God is a person God can do things in and do things through. And really, that's what we want to see. As your pastor, that's what I want to see. I want to see God do things in your life and then do things through you. And it takes both. 
Stephen had submission to God, but he also had submission to leadership, both spiritual leadership and secular leadership. When the disciples needed someone to serve tables, Stephen didn't complain. He didn't say, that's below me. He jumped at the opportunity to serve. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Maybe you think, you know, there's a bigger destiny for you, and that might be on the horizon, but we've got to live in the moment. And our Savior was a Savior of service. He came to serve. We need to learn how to have hearts that serve and jump at opportunities to be a blessing. Let's humble ourselves. Let's let God do the exalting at the proper time. Because let's face it, if we're doing the exalting, we're going to goof it up. All right? Every one of us. We can't do it. We're going to make a mess of it. Let's let God handle it. But I want you to know that God puts leaders in your life for a reason, both spiritual and secular. Romans 13, 1 through 2 expressly tells us this. It says, let everyone be submitted to, a governing, to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Sometimes I see people that get like this spiritual bug in their britches, and they're just like, I'm not submitting to anything. I'm not submitting to my boss. I'm not submitting to the laws. I don't have to do this or do that. I'm like, well, the Word of God says you do. So if our hearts are submitted to God, God will also put people in our life that He asks us to submit to. It doesn't have to mean that we always agree. Submission does not mean perfect agreement. It means that we get along and we make it work. There's no authority except that which God has established. That boss at your workplace, that neighbor that you can't get along with, that person that owns a business here in town that you can't stand, God has put that person in your life for a reason. I believe it's one of two things, and it can be both. For you to be a blessing in their life and show them the character, love, and compassion of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, or, and, to sharpen your life. Because you sharpen a knife by grinding it against hard, rough surfaces. God probably does the same thing with us with relationships. And I'm not saying that every relationship in your life should be a rock, because it shouldn't. That would be very horrible. But there are people in our life that rub us the wrong way, yes? Okay, I'm, not, like, I'm just not making this up. Like, are you guys still with me? Don't fall asleep on me. It's going to get good. Look, and sometimes God uses people for us to have conflict with, for us to act with the fruit of the Spirit, right? With the character of Christ, which we all fail from time to time to have, to rub us, to sharpen us, to say, Let's keep working those tools. Let's go back and let's work the tools that you got in your toolbox. Let's work on compassion. Let's work on grace. Let's work on mercy. Let's work on love. Because this person is hard for you to love, love them all the more. I had a, 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 co-worker, a, a co-worker that I, I worked with. We did not get along. 
very well. We just kind of, it was friction all the time. And I realized we have conflict, so I got to figure out conflict resolution. How do I fix this? Everything I tried was just failing. And then I had an epiphany. I'm going to serve this person better than anybody has ever served him in his life. We were on staff together at a church. They'd go do a youth event. I was waiting at the church for the van to come back. I would vacuum that thing out. I would wash it. I would put it away. He didn't have to say thank you. I was going to do it because Jesus asked me to do it. Every moment that I had to serve this man, I served him well. From that moment on, because that's what God calls us to do. What was God doing? He was sharpening me. You got conflict? Let's, let's work the things. Let's work the spirit. Let's work the fruit. Come on. And what I found is that God was really preparing me to deal with difficult people in other areas of my life by having someone so close to me that I had difficulties with. He was preparing me to be your pastor. Not that you guys are all difficult. All right. That's, I'm not saying that. The letters are going to come this week. I can see it now. When we look at Stephen's life, you may start to think to yourself, what a shame. A life cut short. What a tragedy. A life never, that, that never filled its full potential. But I want to tell you that's not true. Because Stephen lived dangerously for the kingdom. And when you live dangerously for the kingdom... Your life is never wasted. Your life is never wasted. Stephen's life was amazing. Stephen was a dangerous Christian. Why? He was filled with the Spirit. Why? He had a heart submitted to God. Why? Because he was bearing fruit of the Spirit, character, integrity, humility, teachability. Try to live dangerously without these things, and that's a waste. Because what you will become is spiritually arrogant, spiritually ignorant, and you will destroy every good thing that God wants to do in and through you. And in the process, you will burn down relationships quicker than that. I have watched it happen time and time and time again. You want to be dangerous for the kingdom, we got to get the heart issues to flow, and you'll grow. you got to keep fruit at the forefront and the spiritual gifts will flow through you. And you won't even know. You won't even have a clue that it's happening until it's done. It's pretty amazing how God does that. Stephen's life was the seed that launched the church into hyperdrive. The persecution that came at Stephen's, at Stephen's death pushed the Christians out of Jerusalem, out to the world. Had that persecution not happened, there is a good chance that we would not be here together today. Because what would have happened had persecution not come, it would have just become another religion that slowly would have died out. That we talk about, oh, a small group of people in Jerusalem, and that's that area of the world, they worship this guy named Jesus. We wouldn't even know. But because of persecution, it got their feet moving. And people that had hearts submitted to God didn't leave Jesus in Jerusalem. They took him wherever they went. It was the ignition of spreading the gospel. 
The tough things that happen to us sometimes are the greatest things that happen to us. God turns those things for his favor and for our favor. For a seed to reach its full potential, it has to die. And maybe there's something inside of us that needs to die so that we can experience the full life God has for us, the new life that God has for us. For this season, maybe it's a new renewal, but something has to be let go. Something has to die. In my personal life, I have recently learned a very valuable lesson over the last few years. When you learn to let your dreams of what you want to do for God die, God can plant a dream in you that he wants to do in and through you. Did you catch that? When you learn to let your dreams of what you want to do for God, God, let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. Let me tell you about the ministry I'm going to plant. Let me tell you about how I'm going to do ministry. For a long time, I had envisioned myself being in a particular role in ministry. I was like, well, one day it's going to happen. I'll get there. A few years ago, uh, about four and a half years ago, I was asked to, to take and be put into that ministry. Um, and so I began to operate in that for our district. I did that for a year and a half. Only when I got there, I realized this was my dream. And I'm doing it. And they tell me I'm doing a good job, but I feel so empty. And I remember calling them up and saying, guys, I'm going to lay this down. And when I did that, all of a sudden, God began to give me a fresh vision for ministry. And I could hear the voice saying, now let me tell you what I want to do through you. But I had to let it go. I had to let it die. Maybe you have something like that you got to let die. Maybe there's some sin that hasn't been confronted in your life. This morning, God's saying, let's confront it. Let's confront it. Don't be ashamed. Be thankful that we have a Savior that's willing to talk with us and go, hey, look, we need to work on some things. There's better ways to do what you're doing than the way you're doing it. When we're willing to let things die in our life, that's when we become dangerous for the kingdom. And God is calling this church to be dangerous for his kingdom. Where does it start? How do we start being dangerous for the Lord? Well, it starts with prayer. Let me read you a quote from Pastor Mark Batterson, who's one of our Assemblies of God pastors in Washington, D.C. When do we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding down the fort. That playing it's Jesus didn't die to keep down the fort. It's that God has been speaking to our church. We know that through the book of Acts, God has been wanting to change our perspective of him. As our perspective of him changes, that changes our view of ourselves and our view of others. We know that we want to leave a legacy in our community, and we know now that God is calling us to be dangerous for his kingdom. So how do we become dangerous? Well, we start praying dangerously. We stop praying, Lord, bring them in, which we've all prayed. That is so unscriptural. We've all prayed it. We've got to stop praying that. We've got to stop praying safe. Let's play it safe. Let's, let's, let's just, we just need to do enough, or we just need to be praying, Lord, give us just enough. 
we got to stop praying that way. we got to start praying, God, start changing me. Make it personal. God, change me. Do something in me. When I'm here and I'm hearing the message, when I'm in my devotional life by myself, change me. May it be to the point where I am starting to feel empowered as I leave church on Sunday. That I know that the Spirit is doing something in me, that you're placing me where I need to be. We start praying for our workplace, and we start praying, God, how can you use me in the workplace to shine a light? How can you use me in the community to serve and shine a light? How can I be a light for my neighbors? How can I serve? How can I pray for my neighbors? we got to start praying for the abundance of God's goodness in our city, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our families, because God has a, a truckload of goodness and faithfulness and love that he wants to bring to the city. All he's waiting for is God's people to say, we want to see it come to Ripon. I was, we were talking about Convoy of Hope last week, and I was just thinking, Convoy of Hope, they load up all these trucks with food and supplies. They got them ready to go, sitting there on, the, on these parking lots. Just give us the call, give us a destination. I kept thinking, that's like God. He's already got the trucks loaded. He's just waiting for God's people to ring up the phone and say, God, deliver it to Ripon. God wants to move in this place. And I'm just not talking our church. I'm talking our community. He has earmarked it and said, I'm ready to do something special. But he doesn't want to do it by himself. He says, I want to partner with my church. And just not Hillside. He wants to partner with his church to do something great and ripping in the surrounding communities. So let's start praying dangerously. We're going to start a new initiative this week. We're calling it Prayer with Pastor. And here's what we're going to do. At Fridays from noon to 1230, I will be in this place, in God's sanctuary, and I will be praying, and I will be praying dangerously. I'll be praying dangerously for you and for our church and our community. I'll be praying dangerously about the great events that we've got coming up this summer that I'm so excited, different initiatives that we're looking at, different ways where we can start making an impact in our community. Like, what are we going to do about the drug problem? Well, I intend to start praying and see what God says we should do. What are we going to do about people that are caught up in living in this LGBTQ plus community? They're, they're trapped. They're stuck. There's an answer. There's freedom to be found. Jesus loves these people. The church must respond. So it's time to start praying, Lord, how do we even begin to do this the way that you want us to do this? Not out of anger, not out of knee-jerk reaction, but out of guidance from God. I will pray, and I want to I call you to prayer with me. And you're welcome to come and be here from 12 to 1230. It's not social time. It's not counseling time. Uh, you want to talk with me and do that? That's great. I have office hours. I'm happy to do that, but that's not what that time is. I'm praying. I'm seeking God's face for those 30 minutes. And I'm not, I realize you might think, well, I have work. 
I can't come. Or I, you know, and, and this is not a guilty thing. Like I'm not, if I'm the only person that shows up here, I'm not, it's fine. All right? It's more important to me that you're praying than you're here praying. So would you take a half an hour on Fridays to set aside and say, I'm going to pray? Would you take your lunch, grab your sandwich and, and your lunch pail if you're at work and maybe go sit in your car or go, go walk for a walk with God and just pray or, or whatever, however you need to let the Spirit speak to you, but would you take the time? And if it's at 12, great. If it's not, whenever that day. But imagine what would happen if we just spent 30 minutes as a church praying dangerously every week. What doors could possibly open up for us? What things could break loose in our community? Imagine what could happen. Imagine how cool that could be. I think it would be pretty amazing. I think it would be pretty amazing. And I do want to say this. Look, as we begin to pray, be prepared that God will lead us in ways that we're not thinking. When God's people went into Jericho, they went in with a mindset of, we're ready to go to battle. God said, we're going to do a marathon. <laughs> let's walk around the city, and let's worship, and let's pray. And they never lifted a finger, and God brought the walls down. Open our hearts and minds obedient. Prayer leads to action. As God speaks with prayer, but prayer leads to action, church. Prayer leads to action. As God speaks, we will be obedient and do what he asks us to do. So I'm going to tell you this, if you come next Sunday to church, in our hour together next Sunday, you will be a dangerous church. I absolutely promise you that. Next week in this place, the enemy is going to think twice before he starts doing things in our community, because he's going to realize this church, if I mess with this community, they're going to kick back. Because we are going to become a dangerous church Amen. for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to close with prayer. We've asked our kids to come back in. I know, guys, I called you in early. I'm sorry. I don't do that very often. But I think it's important that we're here all together as one body. We're going to pray three different ways this morning. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray for our church board. So I'm going to call them up in just a moment. We're going to have a couple people that are going to pray for us as a board. Then we're going to call our staff up and our two worship leaders, Mike and Robbie. Adrian will already be up here because he's one of our staff members. And we're going to have the board pray over our staff that we become dangerous. I'm going to let you in on a little staff meeting at that point, too. It'll be short. And then what we're going to do is we're going to line the front with our church board and our church staff, and we're going to ask you to come, and we are going to pray for you that God would start to move in your life, prioritizing a heart submitted to God, that the fruits would be developed in your life, and that you would become a dangerous Christian in this community. So are you ready to pray this morning? Church board, would you come and, uh, and stand with me here on the platform? my privilege and honor to serve with these men and women of highest character and integrity. We deal with difficult things and difficult situations, but thank goodness for God's grace and mercy and wisdom. Amen. 
The word says that any man who lacks wisdom, if he should ask for it, God applies it in abundance. Uh, so if you're ever wanting to pray for something, pray for wisdom for us because we'll take it. Um, I'm going to ask the two people that I've asked to come share today. Would you come, or not share, but come and pray for, for our board if you would come at this time. Guys, let's stand right up here on, on the front of the platform. And if you guys would just stretch out your hand as these two pray for us and you'd pray for us as well. What a beautiful day it is in the house of the Lord here today. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us here today. Thank you, Lord, for, for your provision, for your guidance, for your power. Lord, you are sovereign. Lord, you put leaders in place, and leadership can be difficult. Um, there's more than one. Um, we need to work in unity, Lord. But you have prepared a plan. You know what is to come. Lord, so as we open our hearts, um, Lord, I pray that you speak to these leaders of this church, of Hillside Assembly here. Um, Lord, for they desire to do your will. So I ask that you open their hearts, that you speak to each and every one of them. Lord, whether it's in song, whether it's in dreams, whether it's just in audible. Um, Lord, but I pray for unity. So I pray for whatever you're calling for this church to do, Lord. Would you please give more than one person um, the confirmation, Lord, that this is your will to be done. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the way you speak. Thank you, Lord. You also say to let, let, let your work be done. Let us see what you will do. Lord, so as we step into what you have for this church, what you have for this community, Lord, let your power, would you release your power? Would you release your words? Would you release your love? Would you release your healing? Would you release your kindness, Lord? Um, you are a great and mighty God. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We serve you. May we continue to learn how to serve you well. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Thank you, Lord, for putting us um, in various places, sometimes to stretch us, um, sometimes to teach us. Um, Lord, we don't always know what it is, but we know that we can trust you in all that you have. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we lift these board members up to you, Lord. You have hand-selected these board members to serve and do your work of the church, Lord. We just ask that you guide them in all the decisions and everything that they, the decisions that they have to make, Lord, that they turn to you first and ask for your guidance, Lord. We just ask you to give them wisdom and blessings, Lord, on the decisions that they make. We thank you for their families that support them and we thank you for the church that support them, Lord continue to pray for them. We just ask this in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask our, our staff to come join us at this time. Jackie, Hannah, my wife. Um, Jackie, Hannah, Adrian. I'll get them all. Mike, Robbie, if you'd come. So I'm going to hand this to the board. The board's going to pray over us in just a minute. We're going to go. We're going to be down here. All right. Quick staff meeting, okay? Really quick, this is good stuff. Guys, when I look at the Bible, I see a lot of dangerous men and women. But I look in the Old Testament, I truly believe that the most dangerous person was Samuel. 
He's not known for his incredible miracles. He's not known for, for parting the Red Sea or, or bringing back somebody from the dead. He's not known for slaying giants. What he's known for is anointing kings who do slay giants. Guys, I believe if as a staff, we are going to raise up men and women who slay giants in our community. We're going to develop leaders that can go the distance, that can get in the ring and go the rounds with the enemy and come out victorious. I believe that's our call for this hour for our church. And I am honored to serve with you. The board's going to pray over us at this time. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the staff that you have placed in, in this church, Lord. And we thank you for their, their uh, hearts of, of servants, Lord. And we just pray that you would continue, Lord, to use them in your power and your might, Lord. That they would look unto you, God, for their strength. And God, we just pray that uh, everything that they do, God, would be an example of whoever they work with the youth and the music um, ministry, whatever it may be, Lord, that they would just uh, continually look unto you as uh, for, their gui for guidance and for uh, the strength that you provide. And God, we just give you the praise and the glory for everything that you've done in the staff and that you continue to do and that you will do. And all these things, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Church seats, altar. Kids, don't stay in the seats. Because I believe you are critical in what God wants to do in our city, in our schools. God shows you not because of your talent, but because of your heart. And we're going to ask you to come, and we're going to pray over you. Because when I look out here, I see dangerous men and women for the kingdom. Amen? We're going to see people set free. We're going to see people saved. We are going to see us be able to do more for missions than we ever thought possible. We're going to continue to see this church resourced in incredible ways. Brad and I were just talking um, this last week about a promise God made me several years ago when I experienced a dramatic healing in my body. And the promise came that he was proud of this church. And his promise was, if you continue to preach the word effectively and you try diligently to reach the lost in your community, I will resource this church. And we've looked back and seen his faithfulness, have we not? It has been outstanding. Every time we have taken a leap of faith, God has said, you can't outgive me. I believe this church is still meant to support missionaries in incredible ways, 
to be a blessing in our community in incredible ways. So church, would you just come and allow us to pray over you today? Just come right now. We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to stick our fingers in your ears or anything like that, I promise. We're just going to pray for you. Just spread out along the front. We want to make sure everybody can fit in. Church and staff, would you just begin, or board and staff, would you just begin to pray over the people of our church as the Spirit would enable you to pray? Lord, we come together in one accord. Lord, realizing that you're teaching us in the book of Acts that the church is meant to be a mighty force for the kingdom of God. Lord, we're very grateful for the the building that you've given us, the, the campus here with this property. But Lord, it is not the building or the property. It is the people that are the church. If all this fades away, we would still be the church. Lord, you are calling us to be a dangerous people in a time that is chaotic and darkest, kind of just is all over the place. We hear things all the time about what's happening in our world, but we're not to operate in fear or respond in fear. We operate in faith. We operate with love and compassion. Our enemies are not flesh and blood. They are not the people that we live with in this community. Our enemy, our spiritual forces. Lord, I think just a few weeks ago that young man died from an addiction. Lord, we need to rein in the darkness. We need to push it back. Lord, we need freedom for our community. Lord, we need hope. And Lord, you have called us to go. Lord, I pray that we would become a dangerous church. Lord, this morning we prioritize the development of our heart to you. To learn how to be submissive to you and the authorities you put in our life. God, to prioritize the development of the fruit of the Spirit in our life. To prioritize the characteristics that you put on display for us. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to be teachable, to be flexible. Lord, help us to have character and integrity, to be truth tellers, to be men and women of love, of grace, of compassion. Lord, to learn how to be self-controlled, to rein ourselves in. Lord, teach us, Lord, how to, how to respond to the things that we're up against. When, we, when you're using people as a stone to sharpen us, that, Lord, we would sharpen the skills that you give us, the tools in our toolbox by your Spirit. Lord, we commit ourselves to the preaching of your word and to the reaching of this community, that there is, when someone takes this pulpit, 
takes this platform, whether it's here or outside or somewhere else, that we preach the word effectively. And that, Lord, we do our very best to reach our community, to serve our community, to show them Christ and give them opportunities to connect with you. Lord, make us a dangerous people. Make us a dangerous people. Lord, we do not pick up arms and weapons. But Lord, we prepare ourselves to get down on our knees and to pray in the move of the Spirit. The trucks are loaded. The convoy is on its way. The train can be heard coming down the tracks. Lord, we are just praying it in at this point. The resources are here. The, what, every tool that we need is, Lord, help us to be open. Lord, to be men and women of God. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Church, there's nobody I'd rather be doing life with than you. And once again, next week, you don't want to miss it. We're going to do something amazing as a church next Sunday. Every person here has an opportunity to be a part of it. It will happen within the hour that we're here at church. You don't want to miss it. We will be dangerous for the kingdom of God next week. Are you coming back? This girl is going to be here. I know it because she is dangerous for the kingdom. We're going to have a great Sunday next Sunday. Please remember to come serve. We need people that can serve next Saturday and Sunday. If you'd like to do that, please see my wife. Uh, have a wonderful, awesome week and get ready for Friday because we're praying 30 minutes, right? 30 minutes. Let's be dangerous and we'll see you next Sunday. She just turned eight.